This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. Welcome to this podcast from MBA Admissions at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. My name is Rita Winkler, and my guest today is my colleague, Seda Mansour. Seda, thank you for joining me. I'm glad to be here. You're the assistant director of MBA admissions who focuses on international recruiting. What exactly does that mean? I'm in charge of international admissions and also of the recruiting or the outreach that we do. So most of my work is not only going out during the fall and talking with students around the world, but also then uh, helping them with the application process if they have questions with visa issues or things like that. And then when the applications come in, I'm part of a small group that will then assess and evaluate the files. Why is it important that we admit applicants from outside the U.S.? Well, it's hugely important, and there are a few very specific reasons why it is. Number one, it's important that our students have access to people from different parts of the world. So as uh, in an effort to do that, we typically have a makeup of about 35 to 45 percent international students coming from 50 to 60 different countries in a given year. The diversity of the class that that's going to bring in terms of the challenge of learning, uh, perspectives on how things are considered or looked at in the world, a lot of our students are challenged in the way they perceive issues and problems in the world. International students are going to bring a perspective that some American students haven't heard before. Second is also the curriculum. The curriculum, the offering is going to be impacted by having international students. Cases that we're going to look at, problems that are going to be brought up in terms of work experience and issues that they've had to deal with. Thirdly, we would say too that international students have an impact on the way clubs conduct their work or whatever the, their objectives are. We'll have uh, people coming from all over the world to talk. Recently, Hanan Ashrawi from the Middle East was being brought over for a lecture series. We recently had Omid Kordistani from Google, although he is American. He did have an Iranian or Middle Eastern perspective to bring as well. So those are the kinds of things that our international students help create here on campus. So it's really, it's critical overall that all of our students are having access to those types of interactions. Additionally, the university is also at this time very committed to an international initiative where they are bringing all their resources together and really looking to the business school to drive most of this initiative and it is to look at problems worldwide and see how we might bring some leadership and some solutions to some of these international issues. How does the MBA program at the GSB support international students? Well, there are a couple of ways that we do that. Right now, especially with a lot of our curriculum redesign, there's a very specific focus that we have on actually in the first quarter having students, but especially international students, get up to speed in terms of what graduate work is about. So, for example, one of our courses that we're offering in the first quarter, in the fall, is called Critical Analytical Thinking. And in that class, which is only going to be 15 students max, students will have a chance to look at large, overarching business issues that are trying to be solved. For example, should Google remain in China, and if they do, how should they expand? So not only is the context of the program going to be about how Google should consider it, but the student, and especially for the international student, it, the student's going to have to learn how to communicate this in, uh, in writing and also verbally. 
And uh, when students start to write these papers, then students are going to get start to get a feedback on their writing and also on the content. So from day one, uh, international students in particular are going to get some great support on how to be successful in graduate school in general. Uh, secondly, we offer the Management Communication Program, and that is uh, basically a, a group dedicated to helping all students, uh, but most of our international students are the ones that really take advantage of this, where they learn, students will get a chance to learn about how to do public speaking, how to do their interviews, how to present themselves in terms of uh, sometimes media training, how do you deal with a hostile media environment. Um, different kinds of presentations that you might make. So those are the kinds of support structures that are available from literally from the time you begin so that you can really maximize the next five quarters of your MBA program. Additionally, international students will really be able to add a lot to our program in our new course called Global Context of Business and that is where I think faculty and other students are really going to look to internationals to provide a venue in which it is really helpful uh, to understand why global issues have sort of developed the way they have and then how to uh, understand that context, that history, to then provide some solutions in going forward. And I, and I really see international students participating in that a lot and contributing quite a bit. Stanford University offers many resources for international students that help in transitioning from their native country to the U.S. Can you give some examples? Yes, uh, Stanford in general uh, is made up of, of many international students, and so the university offers uh, various services through their international center, Bechtel International Center, and there it, it, it becomes a kind of gathering place for internationals and all their family and friends, uh, sometimes especially for spouses or children of students who might not have as much time to spend with them while they're studying. Uh, they will offer support services of, you know, maybe shopping and, and touring or taking classes together or providing child care and different things. So very, they're very cognizant of the issues that, that uh, international students have. So it's a strong support. Uh, we also have a very strong and uh, pretty selective uh, program in ESL, English as a Second Language. But once a student is admitted to any program on campus, they will provide a seat for you as a student if you want to prepare in terms of academic preparation for language. Uh, and that is every summer. So we, we do have a handful of students that would come in for some of that training. Uh, at the GSB in particular, uh, we have the Management Communication Program, which is going to be a real professional support in terms of coaching around interviewing skills and public speaking and presenting and um, how to maybe navigate through relationships and management development, that kind of thing. And so that's something that many of our students, but especially international students, take advantage of. Uh, we also have, of course, regional clubs, interest clubs, uh, international students many times drive a lot of that and it's a great way for students from certain areas to feel a camaraderie not only with their with their friends and people that they know from other countries or from countries that they're from but also to introduce some of their culture and uh, which can be I think encouraging for international students when they're in another country plus we just have just different groups Africa Business Club the Asian Society uh, the South Asian Students Association the International Development Club, which is a, a club that continues to grow every year as more and more people are interested in that area, the Latin American Club, and the list goes on. It really depends on what you as a student would like to see on campus. 
So we always say if there is a club you would like to see but doesn't exist, you simply form your own? Yes, basically. If you can get a handful of students to believe in it and really want to do it with you, then yes, and you'd apply for funding to the student association and, and would get a certain budget around that. You travel extensively and hold information sessions for prospective applicants worldwide. That must be a lot of fun. It is. It is. It's a, a lot of fun. It's great getting out there to meet all of you. Um, it is a privilege to actually get to see some of you face to face and to learn about what your aspirations are, uh, where you come from, what you hope to accomplish, not only at the MBA level, but also just in the years ahead. And so I personally travel mostly through Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, and I meet uh, loads of you who many times have lots of good questions, but many times also just questions because you're nervous and intimidated about parts of the application process. So I'm really glad that my colleagues and I can be out and on the road around the world hearing some of those questions, hopefully getting a chance to deal with some of those fears and really encourage you so that you can, can really focus on the content and the quality of your application. You have also previously commented that it's really interesting and important to learn about the various economies, what's going on in every country business-wise, so that when we do read the applications, we can connect those things together. Absolutely. That's really critical. And in fact, that's one of the things that uh, on a yearly basis when we're on the road, uh, that we get a chance to see what's going on in some of these economies that you're in. Uh, they're emerging. Some are, are more established and struggling with more mature issues that a country has. Some of you want to take advantage of uh, of things that you believe in the next five or ten years are going to be developing in your country. And so getting a chance to meet with alums and read a lot of what's going on and then speaking to you will get that feel. And that really does give us a context in which to evaluate your application because then we have a better understanding uh, of what's going on in real time for you. What are some of the challenges international applicants face? Once admitted and brought into the program, some of them are going to be language for most international students, unless, of course, you were using English as your first language. But language is always going to be an issue. None of these are insurmountable, by the way. They're just things to, to overcome, especially in the first quarter. Culture, how things are done here in California, the culture of Stanford, the culture of the GSB, these are all things to consider. And even sometimes the difference in the way that learning happens and the way that teaching occurs. That's actually why we've done some of the changes that we've, we have done in the, in the quarter, in your first quarter in terms of the shifting of the curriculum is because we think that you'll get a better understanding of that in the first quarter. But yeah, language, culture, how to learn, how to really take in new information and, and make it your own. Sometimes people think visas can be a problem as well, but in my experience and in our experience here at Stanford, that hasn't been a problem. But for international students in some other locations, possibly, but for us, we haven't had a problem in as long as I've been here of, of someone not being able to come when admitted. What might be some of the cultural differences that you would like to address? Cultural differences in terms of uh, what happens in the classroom, that's a common thing, yes. For example, I used to live in, in, in another country, and I studied in another country, and uh, the way that one learned was really about memorizing. And uh, the teacher would lecture, you would take notes, you would have an exam, and then you'd see where you fell in the class, what ranking you had. And uh, learning in general in the United States is not that way. Students are encouraged to 
raise their hand and to participate and to give their opinion, always encouraged to participate. And in most other countries, that doesn't happen maybe until college. Uh, it sure doesn't happen a lot in the uh, earlier on. And so some of our international students at first are not quite sure when do they start participating, can they ask questions in the class. If they ask a question that seems to go contrary to the professor, is that considered disrespectful? That type of thing is, it takes some time. And because our students are smart, you would feel that you would learn that in the first couple of weeks, where that line is. You mentioned language, and indeed we receive many questions from applicants whose native language is not English, specifically with regard to writing essays and also maybe about how to pick a recommender or how to deal with a recommender whose uh, English is not very good or who may not speak English at all. What is your advice on this? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. We want you to feel really comfortable because what you reveal in your essays in particular are going to tell us a lot about who you are. And so we'd rather not have you very worried or obsessive about the perfection of the English skill that you have or the writing style that you use, but instead to really focus on the content and on really trying to communicate what's on your mind. We're not going to worry so much about a word that's misused as much as trying to really grasp what you have to say about who you are and, and what you aspire to accomplish if you come to Stanford. In terms of the recommender, the same thing could be said. We, we think that a, a recommender who's really passionate about you and enthusiastic about this opportunity for you to come to business school, we think that's going to come across, even though the language might not be as uh, well-developed as somebody else. So we encourage you to still consider folks like that, even though their English might not be very good. It is not going to have uh, an impact on your on our determining whether or not you are admitted. So sometimes some people do say that their recommender is willing to have the letter translated into English. And if that happens, that's great. We would definitely appreciate that. We'd read it. But we want you to know that if, if your recommender can get the basic idea across and answer the grid in particular on the back and, and give us some specifics on your performance and on your attitude, that that would be fine. So we really read your files in context. Yeah, exactly. That we are not going to have the same expectation or standard for somebody who's coming from a background that is not the same. So that would definitely make an impact on the selection process. Approximately three-fourths of our MBA students receive some sort of financial aid. Financing your MBA is a big consideration when applying to business school what types of financial aid are available to international applicants? We want you to know that it's a need-blind ad admissions process. So we're not even going to think about whether or not you can finance the experience until you've been admitted. So once you're admitted, though, we will guarantee that you will have all the finances you need. Now, that's not meaning it's just a, a, an arbitrary number, but we establish with the financial aid office what your expenses are, your cost of attendance for the two years. And then that is, that is a number that is established based on uh, what dependents you might have and where you choose to live. And then once we have that figure, then you will most likely be offered some type of fellowship, which is money that you do not have to pay back, as well as a student loan. We offer two at the moment that I know of that come through the GSB, and they are open to international students not requiring a co-signer. So uh, there's no difference as far as I know. There might be a slight difference in interest rate, but it might be very, very minimal. Borrowing money for education is not necessarily a accepted practice in some countries? 
Not a lot of cultures are accustomed to borrowing this amount of money for education, but it is a very common thing here in the United States. And with the salaries that our MBAs earn, this is not a, a debt that uh, will last for very long. Then for those folks who are not earning six-figure salaries, which is what typical MBAs would earn in the United States or maybe in Europe or other developed economies, the GSB will, if the student has met all the criteria, the GSB has a uh, international loan forgiveness program where we will waive your loan payments for the months that you are working in that country with some other constraints or restrictions on it. But in general, it's an ability to actually go back to where you might come from, or even if you don't, this ability to really bring back some of the learning from Stanford to developing economies and markets. Another question we often hear is whether or not international students have the same opportunities when it comes to jobs. Yeah, that's a concern I hear a lot as well when I'm out on the road and I'm speaking with uh, many applicants. And uh, I think there's two tracks to look at. The first one is officially, legally, in this country, uh, can internationals apply for jobs in the United States? And, and, and actually, we do encourage people, if they are able, to stay a year or two to get some experience here in the United States. It's very valuable when they go back home. And so what we do is the visa that students are on will allow them to work for a year after they've graduated, and that is the F-1 student visa with the uh, optional practical training at the end. Uh, additionally, when people get hired, many times uh, the companies are very happy to have them on board, and so they will extend or transfer that visa over to an H-1B. So that's not normally the issue. The issue is really getting into a career that they want or a, a job that they want is more important. And for that, that would be the second track in terms of on campus are international students getting a chance to have access to the kinds of jobs they want to have. And I would say that probably out of all the business schools in the U.S., this is one of the areas that is a great differentiator for us because our CMC, our Career Management Center, uh, actually has a very strong and dedicated staff to working with our students, and that's international and domestic students. So they have somebody assigned to them to help them walk through the process of switching careers or of how to interview and um, how to connect with alumni that are maybe in the field that they're interested in. Can the CMC, that is the Career Management Center, also help with jobs overseas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is. we actually have uh, at this moment two people that are completely focused on getting to know companies around the world, and that includes Asia and Latin America, Europe, um, parts of Africa even, we've been talking to some folks there, and uh, that is typically a more customized job search in that we don't have on-campus recruiting for that. Usually we don't because the firms many times aren't large enough, or if they are international, for example, like uh, there might be a McKinsey office in Johannesburg, they typically will still hire at the national level here in the United States. But in general, if somebody decides that they want to go back or go to a certain country, then the CMC will work with the student to uh, to create this this very customized job search. And uh, for example, a gal that graduated just in the class of '04, I think, she really wanted to go back to Malaysia, and uh, no companies from Malaysia were coming here to recruit or to interview. And so what we did was we hooked her up with an alum from the class of 1985 that is American, but he is based in Singapore and has a lot of connections in Malaysia, and he lined her up with some folks there in the telecom industry, and she had three offers at the end of like six weeks. And that was exactly what she wanted. She was very excited. 
Why should an applicant from, say, Brazil, Germany, India, China, or South Africa consider applying to the Stanford Graduate School of Business? Well, there are many reasons for why somebody should consider coming here. First off, it'd probably be just where we're located. The fact that California is the sixth largest economy in the world it offers all kinds of access to different types of markets and industries that are here. Um, the fact that the university is a research, world-renowned research university with faculty from all different parts of the world and expertise and your classmates, the depth of research that or of uh, synergies that come from all the different opportunities that people have had and experiences and that's going to give you a chance to learn not only from your professors but also from your classmates as well. I think the community that the GSB fosters and the commitment that people have to each other and the collaboration that goes on that's going to be something that will be for life and not all schools, not all uh, campuses of different programs will offer that. For example, Stanford's non-disclosure on grades, that policy, that really generates a culture where people feel that as a result of that, it, it fosters risk-taking and sharing in a, in a way that really, I think, mimics more of what you see out in the real world in terms of a, of a group of people trying to accomplish things. There's still competition and a desire to excel in academics, but also at the same time to foster that kind of collaboration that really leads to success. And then just the industries that are here in California. Uh, we know technology. We're in the Silicon Valley. The opportunities that are here to partner with all groups that in biotech we have banking in San Francisco and in that part of the uh, part of the state the entertainment industry down in LA we have the wine industry in the north of us here in uh, the Napa Valley and the Sonoma Valley and so if a student wants to really get a diverse feel for that you would you would have multiple opportunities and even if you didn't become an expert in any one of these areas but were just exposed to them that's going to be a rich resource for you going forward in your career. We have an, an alum who graduated about four or five years ago, and uh, with all that's been going on in China, she, because of some connections that she has here in this area, here in California, she has started a, an export business of California wines and in introducing them into the growing middle class of China. And it's that type of partnering and of relating with people in this area that leads to these kinds of creative ways of doing business. Thank you, Seda. You're very welcome. And thank you for listening to this interview with Seda Mansour. For more information about the MBA program at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, please visit our website at www.gsb.stanford.edu. The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.